Hey, good morning, Faith Church and friends, or whenever you're able to listen to this. We are glad you're here to join us. I'm Jeff Schultz, one of the pastors here with Pastor Joey Wiesman, and we're really excited to be starting a new series after Easter called Life in the Spirit. Joey, why don't you tell us about that series? Yeah, Life in the Spirit is a series where we're focusing on what does it mean to, uh, to live life in the spirit. I mean, it's all right there in the title, right? Okay, now, so we're, we're done. We're done, exactly. We're, we're, we're focusing on spiritual growth. I mean, yeah. it's spring. It's the time of year we think about growth. And so we're going to take the next, let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks to talk about how we grow to be like Christ. Right. Um, primarily looking at Galatians 5, which is where the famous fruit of the Spirit passage is. Right. And we see these phrases, life in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. We're going to dig into those over the course of the next three months. Awesome. So what prompted this? Well, I, we planned this series a year ago. Yeah. But it seems to be even more appropriate right now. Even on my way in this morning, I was thinking, why can't I get up in the morning? If, and you have the answer for that because I could use it too. Yeah, well, it turns out I can't get up in the morning anymore because I don't have to have my daughter anywhere by any mm. specific time. Yeah. Right? Like before quarantine, when she was still in school, I had to have, you know, she had to be at school by 7.50 or so. We needed to leave the house by 7.30. And so I drop her off at school, come to work, get in about 8, get started, right? But without need, you know, without needing to get her to school, I don't have to be up as early. Like I set my alarm for six, like I used to. And then I get out of bed around eight. Yeah. It's a little scary to think how much of my morality, my good behavior might just be externally driven. Yeah. And that's really kind of lit a fire under me in terms of this mm. series because self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Right. I, I said it wrong. One of the fruit of the Spirit. So there's one fruit or a ninefold fruit, one right. fruit with nine flavors. Oh, yeah. And self-control is one of them. And uh, right. N.T. Wright says in a book I've got here sitting with me called After You Believe, he says the fruit of the Spirit are really easy for young, happy, healthy <laughs> Christians to fake. Mm. And it occurred to me that non-quarantined Christians might be better at faking the fruit of the Spirit or faking a, I shouldn't say faking because I don't think we're doing it on, you know, we're doing it on purpose. Right. But what if all of my joy or my peace hmm. or my patience or my faithfulness or reliability, what if all of my goodness and self-control are just the factor of the circumstances I find myself in? So uh, I want to jump into life in the spirit here. We're going to turn to Galatians. Uh, and, and the right. question we're kind of asking and answering today is, okay, what is life in the spirit? What does life in the spirit look like? Uh, right. and, and we're going to start out by turning to Galatians 5.25. This is sort of the main verse uh, for this whole uh, series. But before I jump into the verse, I think there's some stuff we need to clear up. Okay, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to start here. I want to pull up a quote. Another book that I brought with me is a book called Practices of Love, mm. uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Life of the World. It's by a, mm. a philosophy prof named Kyle David Bennett. And he says that life in the spirit is about bringing all things human 
our thoughts, our attitudes, our habits, our practices, our behaviors, our lifestyles, bringing all things human under the power and sway of God, mm. just as Jesus did. Mm. He goes on, he says, life in the spirit is about fixing the itty bitty things of our mm. lives so that they align with the rules, the regulations, the rhythms of God's kingdom, mm. just as Jesus did. I heard uh, someone say recently in a pastor's online discussion that obviously in these unusual circumstances, all of us are kind of being squeezed. Yeah. And what's coming out in this reality is what was there all along. Uh, the yeah. itty bitty stuff that yeah. maybe we have enough resources and structures to not have to deal with. Now it really is showing up. Right. What if all of my um, patience with my children is based mm. on the fact that I only see them for three hours a day? Yeah. What it? Yeah. I don't want to keep doing the what ifs because it's getting a little convicting. Um, yeah. Here's where we're going. I threw up the schedule here just briefly so that people could get an idea yeah. of where this series is going, taking us all the way to July as we talk about life in the Spirit this week and kind of preview the whole thing. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? That shows up in Galatians 5.16. What are the fruit of the Spirit, singular fruit, which is different than the gifts. We'll talk about that a little bit. So the gifts are something else, the fruit of the Spirit. And then we'll spend a week each looking at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great series. So should we jump in? Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, let's do it. So Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Before we go though, Jeff, what is the Holy Spirit? Uh, that's a really good question, but you're the preacher. Ah, so you're going to throw it back to me? Yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> right, because I think uh, even the ways that we talk about the Spirit and then, you know, popular conceptions, mm -hmm. I mean, I think of... Uh, maybe the force from Star right. Wars sometimes. Right. I mean, that's kind of it maybe It surrounds the us, it penetrates us, right. it binds us together. It's a life force that right. animates and moves and inspires. And, that's and that is a, not the Holy Spirit. Right. right, so the Holy Spirit, and I, I wrote out for myself just from our own um, doctrinal statement, uh, mm. the churches and the evangelical free churches statement of faith is we believe that the Holy Spirit in all that he does, so he, right, mm. never Important. use the word it, to refer to the Holy Spirit. If you ever use the word it, I give everyone around you permission to slap you and say the Holy Spirit's a person just like you are and I don't call you it, I don't call the Holy Spirit right. it right. either, right? So the Holy Spirit glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He convicts the world of its guilt. He regenerates sinners. Uh, in him, we are baptized into union with Christ. We are adopted as heirs in the family of God by the Spirit. The Spirit also indwells, illuminates, guides, equips, and empowers believers mm. to live like mm. Christ and to serve like Christ. Well, that's a lot. And yeah. that's kind of what this series is about, is right. unpacking life, that. Exactly. Unpacking what life in the Spirit, how the yep. Spirit brings life to us yep. and grows us to be more like Jesus. Uh, so I just want to make sure we got that out of the way before we jumped into the text, right. because if you know, if we don't disagree or don't realize we disagree on what we mean by spirit, right. then this passage won't have much to say to us. Right. So let's jump in. Galatians awesome. five twenty five. This is our main verse for this whole series, life in the spirit. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. I put it up on the screen here because the, the first half of this verse is really important. If we 
live by the Spirit. In other words, if our life, our spiritual life, our Christian life, our life in Christ uh, are being moved from being dead sinners to uh, living children of God, Mm. if we live by the Spirit, then there's some implications for that. Right. Now, I want to unpack more of the second half a little bit later in the sermon, but the first half, if we live by the Spirit, let's slide back to Galatians 3. Okay. I want to look at Galatians 3 verses 1 through 6 and kind of camp there for a few minutes uh, to understand what we mean by live by the Spirit. So, Paul had been there, like he he had preached to them. He says, Jesus was publicly crucified before your eyes. But some some teachers from a Jewish background had kind of come into the church and were starting to teach. And this didn't just happen in Galatia. This happened all over. But they were coming in and saying, here's the thing, guys. Like, yeah, I know you think you're saved by faith, but you're actually saved by keeping the law. Mm. Okay, so they're starting to argue you're saved by keeping the law. And you grow in your relationship with Jesus mm. by keeping a law. You, and you can't, really, you can't really be a follower of Jesus. Right. Uh, you don't really know that you're loved and secure and adopted into God's family unless you're meeting the standard of all the rules right. of God's righteousness. Right. You're only as accepted as you are obedient. Oof. And so you can see why, I mean, not only does that kind of hit us because we're like, well, I'm not that obedient, even on my best days. And the quarantine is certainly proving that. Um, But but Paul is writing to this and he's, I mean, he comes right out in verse one, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Hmm. Right? Like this is, he's... He's like, who's pulling the wool over your eyes? You know Jesus was, was crucified. So let me ask you some questions, he says. And I put one of them up here on the screen. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Mm. So Paul's asking this question. He says, look, there's, there's only one question I really want to ask you. And then everything else builds off that question. Did you mm. receive the Spirit because you kept the law? Mm. Or because you heard the gospel and you heard and received it with faith. So part of what Paul's arguing in this letter is that you didn't receive the Spirit when you kept the law to some certain level, right? Once you got good enough at keeping the law, then you got the Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit indwells us at the point of salvation. When we come to Christ in faith, when we respond to the gospel by faith, to the good news of what God has done through Jesus to make us right with him, that's when the Spirit indwells us. That, and that's kind of the, I mean, Paul's point here is really the whole point of the gospel in a sense, that Jesus came because we can't live up to God's righteous standard. The law is good, Paul says right. in Romans, but right. I am not good. I'm sinful. I'm unholy. And the law still tells us God's will and his mm-hmm. direction and the goal for our lives, but we can't do it. So how, how would we ever receive the Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit came by faith. That's, that's what uh, Paul is trying to get across here by asking this simple question with the implied answer. Well, of course, it's by hearing with faith. That's when the Spirit indwells us. Let's go to the next Good. question that... that uh, yeah, because there's a series of these 
kind of rhetorical yeah. questions, which is what are the question that you're already supposed to know the answer to. Yeah, we all know the answer. The exactly. answer is implied in the question itself. Yeah. And he keeps setting up these dichotomies, these like uh, terrible twins or whatever, like these two things that are opposites of each other. So he goes on in verse three, he says, having begun by the spirit, so he's asking another question, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Hmm. So earlier question, did you begin by the spirit right. or by the law? Uh, or by law or by faith. It's like, well, it's not law, it's faith. Okay, well, having begun then by faith, having begun by the indwelling of the Spirit, are you now being made perfect? Are you now being kind of uh, completed by mm. the flesh? A and flesh doesn't mean like our, our meat sacks that we all live in. Right. Flesh right. is like the unregenerate, dead in our sins, uh, um, no access to the power of the Spirit, just... Um, just like a, a purely physical, almost like at the level of animals or other yeah. creatures, right? Like no, no desire for God, no sense of God's existence or caring about what right. he wants. Yeah, Luther uses, the, the reformer Martin Luther, he uses this picture of like, a, of a concave lens. Hmm. So you remember a concave lens is a lens that curves in, it, it makes a cave. Right. right, that's how I always right. remember that. Yeah, so yeah. a concave lens focuses all light coming into a central point. Mm. Right, he says that human beings are people curved in. Mm. Like that we form mm. concave mirrors focusing everything on ourselves. Mm. That's the flesh taking, the flesh takes everything that comes in and focuses it on self. Mm and what it takes for ourselves to feel happy or secure or, or peaceful or yeah. you know, essentially <laughs> takes everything that comes in and counterfeits the fruit of the spirit. And it really looks more like the works of the flesh that we'll talk about mm. in, in subsequent right. weeks, right? right? So here's this like dichotomy or these terrible twins, spirit and flesh. These, these two things are not the same. You began by the spirit. Why would you think now that Christian life, growth as a Christian, mm. development as a Christian, becoming more like Jesus is all about how hard you work and how much mm. you do. Because mm. that's the perfected is, uh, that's a Greek word, right? That can, it means right. complete, yeah. mature, yeah. Uh, what we ought to be. Exactly. A, a better way. So I, I highlighted it here, you know, having begun, having started by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Another way to think of it is using the word finished. Are mm. you now being finished? Don't think of it as being made perfect, as in made without flaw or made without blemish right. or, you know, slowly turning into a, a perfect human being. Mm. Think, of it, um, think of it less in terms of what would I look like if I were perfect mm. and more in terms of what would I look like if I were finally and fully what I was made to be? Mm. So most of the time when I, you know, even using the words like I'm finally what I'm meant to be or made to mm. be, I think a lot of us hear that as I'm, I could finally be what I want to be, mm. which is most of the time different from what God has made us to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the goal yeah. is different. So I'm finally fully, I am the, the Joey Weisman version of Jesus. Mm. Or I am finally what Jesus would look like if he lived my life. Mm. To be finished is to be indistinguishable from what Jesus would be if he were me. Mm. The question he's raising for us is, are we gonna, 
if we began by the Spirit, why do we think we, sh- we finish by the flesh? Mm. If we began by a gift from God coming down on us, why do we think we would be finished by the work of our unregenerate, mm. Uh, mm. curved-in energy mm. to be made more like Jesus? But how many of us think we have to clean ourselves up? Yeah before. Like, okay, you know what? Here's, here's what grace means. Grace means that uh, God's accepted me. Now, if I clean myself up to a certain extent, he'll use me. Right. Right. Which isn't at all what, uh, what the gospel says. The gospel says that God came to us when we were unworthy, unlovable, and filthy. And we continue to be unworthy, unlovable, and filthy, and he uses us anyway. In fact, we only become lovely, worthy, and clean because he loves us and chooses to use us. So Paul's thrown up this question. Mm. Okay, you started it by the Spirit. Are you going to finish by the flesh? Mm. Because they had fallen into this false idea that, okay, and maybe they're just like, yeah, we began by the Spirit, of course. Um, but now I got to get to work. Now mm. I'm saved. I need to get working. Mm. If I'm going to grow... It all depends on me. Hmm. Yeah. But there is a, that's an interesting thought, like, because it, it, we do have a role. Right. right? Yeah. And so there's the, it all depends on me part of it, but there's an opposite okay. error. Okay. You know, it's like you're trying so hard to avoid one ditch, you drive into the other hmm. one. The opposite error is that it all depends on God. Okay. That it's all absolutely God's work. I do nothing. I sit back. God changes me. Mm. If I just pray enough. Yeah, I mean, on the one side, there's get saved and get busy. Mm. And on the other side, there's get saved and let God, right? Let go and let God or something like that. Right. But the the middle road, uh, there's a balance. And the history of the church is debating the balance, Mm. Right. right. We do all tend to agree that there's a balance. Uh, most Christians throughout history have said, yeah, you can't go to one extreme or the other. Those are just untenable. Un- you can't right. defend those positions. Right. There's got to be some sort of balance. And that actually comes through if we go back to Galatians 5.25. Mm. In the second half of the verse, you remember I said I wanted to get back here. Right. If we live by the Spirit... In other words, since we live by the Spirit, you know, since we began by faith, we continue by the Spirit, we're perfected, we're finished, we're made fully and finally what we are, what God has us to be by a, the gift of the Spirit, right. then we should keep in step with the Spirit. Mm. Since okay. we live by the Spirit, since all of our spiritual life comes from the Spirit, then we have an obligation, uh, an imperative, a command we should also keep in step with the Spirit. Right. I, there's something for us to do. There's something for us to do. That I, in, in this translation I'm looking at, it says, let us also walk by the Spirit. Yeah. Walk, uh, yeah. keep in step. It's, which... a great, uh, it's a great word, Greek word there, because uh, it, can, it, it means um, be in line. Hmm. So it means be in line with. So does, that means, you know, stay step by step with or walk at, with the direction of, or it immediately made me think of line basics back in elementary school. Did okay. you, were you in the era of line basics? I, maybe not. Okay, so it was line basics, everybody, which meant eyes forward, hands down, square up, walk quietly. 
Ah, uh, I thought this was like some math concept. No, 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 no not a math like concept. Some kind of new math thing? No, or, this is how right. to most efficiently move second oh, graders from one room yeah. to another concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the schools I were at, I was at, it was more just you do what the teacher says and or, or you bad get spanked. Yeah. yeah, you were back in the era of corporal punishment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. major discipline. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, I mean we we learned line basics, and it was everybody line up, and so you know to keep in step with right. the spirit is to stay in line with follow the line the leader. Follow, yeah, follow the line leader exactly. Okay. Yeah, keeping in step with the spirit is, and this is what we're going to spend a lot of next week talking about when we talk about walk by the Spirit. It's the, the line basics of the Christian life. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Staying in the line. Mm. Not because it's restrictive, mm. which it is with second graders. Second graders want to run, jump, play, yell, shout, and poke their friends. And yep. so line basics like rein them in in order to get to class. The line basics of the Spirit are actually a freeing up mm. Uh, to express and be what God has but created us to be. But there is a yes and a no. I mean, the, like there we is. talked about earlier. Yeah, 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 there's a yes and a no. I, I love what uh, N.T. Wright says in this book, After You Believe. Mm. I probably already held it up once, but I'm gonna hold it up a second time. It's a great book. Um, he says, just because you live in the spirit, he's talking about this verse, just because you live in the spirit, that doesn't make following the spirit's direction mm. automatic. This is the part where, like you said, that we have a responsibility. Uh, one of my theology profs in seminary used Dr. Seuss in The Cat in the Hat <laughs> as an illustration for this. There's always thing one and thing two. Okay. Thing one is God's role, and thing two is my responsibility. Huh, okay. And, and, and you, you don't have thing one without thing two, and you don't have thing two without thing one. Like, they always come together. <laughs> the debate has been just, you know, how much, right. who, who gets the emphasis right. here. Um, but what Wright says, it, it, you know, just because you live in the Spirit mm. doesn't make following the Spirit's direction automatic. You have to choose to do it, and you can. Mm. And, and this is where those two words, you can, is what changed when we became believers in the first place. Uh, another theologian writing just a few years ago uh, cause, uh, calls this responsible participation. Mm which I think is a really good two-word phrase to describe what growth in Christ-likeness or what life in the Spirit looks like. There's participation in the divine nature, in God, in the Spirit indwelling us, participating in, you know, not pushing back against the Spirit, convicting us or empowering us or equipping us or uh, teaching us and showing us our own sinfulness. We don't push back against those things and resist, Mm. But there's more than just not resisting. There's also the responsibility to actively participate with right. the growth that God is bringing in our lives. If, for instance, um, I don't think this is true of everyone right now, but for many of us in quarantine, we are being shown things about ourselves mm. that before we thought maybe we had dealt with or taken care of. We're, we're being shown things about our our idolatry of freedom and self-direction. Mm. Mm. We're being shown things about our level, our, our true levels of patience because we're being <laughs> pushed farther than we have in the past. Mm. Our true yeah. levels of self-control because it turns out I'm not as good at keep getting myself up in the morning as I thought mm. I was. That was only based on getting my daughter to school on time so she doesn't get a tardy and so I don't face social pressure from the school mm. for not having my child there on time. So the spirit is yeah. working 
and showing us things about ourselves, and we ha- are responsible to participate in what the Spirit is doing in the circumstances in our lives, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit and in Christ-likeness. You could think of it kind of like planting a garden. We've, uh, we decided this spring to plant a garden, and so I've got all these trays of seeds in my office, so I'm looking at them while I'm writing this and thinking, you know, I keep them warm and I put them in a sunny spot and I give them water and I even spritz little nutrients on them and I made sure the soil was the right kind and I'm doing all of these things but I can't actually make the seeds grow (laughs) right the life comes from somewhere else while the the this the conditions that I apply to that life are up to me if you if you don't take the, the rocks and the roots out of the ground, if you don't fertilize, if you don't actually water the seed, right? It, nothing's going to happen. But even doing all those things, there's the growth still... The growth isn't up to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could take all the seeds and dump them on the cement floor of the basement and say, <laughs> there, I planted a garden. Or you could put one on each <laughs> chair in the worship center. Right, and, and say, look, we well, plant... Exactly. But that it's, a, it's irresponsible participation in gardening, Right. right? And this is where we, we move into sort of the application part of this is I, I think our spiritual growth is very analogous to planting that mm. seed. Mm. Like we could try to get in there with tweezers and like peel back the layers of the, whatever mm. you call the outer layer of the seed. And, and I mean, yeah. we could get really detailed and do a lot. And yet we still, no matter how hard we will, can't make the seed grow. Mm. The life in the seed is in the seed. It's not in us. Right. The, the conditions are in us and there's lots we can do, but the life comes from somewhere else. And being, being told in Galatians and in Romans and in John and all throughout the New Testament that the life has been given to us, has mm. been planted in us, and that life is the spirit mm. means there's a guarantee of growth. Mm. There's a guarantee of spiritual growth. And maybe it's going to be Maybe those plants are actually growing. They just haven't, you don't see it yet. Right. Maybe. Maybe that's the way it is for some people that we know who are like, you've been a Christian for how long and mm. this is all you've grown? Well, there's growth. Even if we can't see it, God sees that growth. He knows that there's something, there's a guarantee of growth because the spirit has been indwelled right. and planted right. in us. But like N.T. Wright said, we have to choose to walk by the Spirit, right. to respond and participate, to be responsible participants in the Spirit's growth in us. If every time those bean sprouts come up, you're like, wasn't what I wanted, snip. Mm. They're going to keep growing. Like They're going to keep trying, but you're working right. against what... Right. So by analogy, I mean, we can work against what the Spirit is doing in us by snipping off growth when we see mm-hmm. it or putting ourselves mm-hmm. in circumstances where that growth is not appreciated and so we kind of cut it down or squelch it or get rid of it or, uh, or by focusing on wanting growth in some other kind of growth yeah. in the works of the flesh or, or the works of the body or something right. like that. So let's shift towards application, right? The, the Spirit is the life right. in the seed. Right. The Spirit is the root and actually, these next three weeks, when we talk about life in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, we're going to talk about root, growth, and fruit. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about where the life comes from, how the life grows, and then what the life manifests, the, the fruit 
of that life, of that seed. So the spirit is the root, the, the, the source of life. We cannot create that life on our own. That's what we have to keep in mind. So this week, in terms of what do we do with this and this whole conversation, I, I want to highlight two questions. The first question is, what's fueling my growth? Okay, so what's, what's empowering my walk? Yeah, what's... where's the life that I have coming from? Mm. Is it like I'm discovering about myself and self-control in the morning? Is it based on external social pressure to conform to a start time for school? Hmm. Or is it being fueled by the Spirit's growth within me hmm. or growing me? Is my patience fueled hmm. by my constant shifting of venues and arenas and responsibilities such that I never get pushed mm. to the point of needing patience, mm. it, right? Is, is patience being fueled by good management, good stress mm. management, mm. or is my patience being fueled by the spirit growing within me? Mm. What's fueling my growth? So that's the first question. What's fueling my growth? What's giving life mm. to my growth? The second question is, what do I want to grow into. Mm. Mm. Am I hoping to grow into me only more successful or mm. am I trying to grow into who Jesus would be if he lived my life? Mm. Mm. And the only way to find that out is really to be just totally transformed. Ah, that's the wrong word for it. To be totally immersed in mm. the, the way of life of Jesus. And I, I love, again, what, um, what Bennett says in Practices of Love about the spiritual life and life in the spirit, because he says it's, it's just trying to live the life like Jesus did. He lived mm. the entirety of his life in, with, and under the spirit, and he, he guides us into doing that as well. And his categories are interesting. In, Jesus lived his life in, with, and under the spirit in all the ways he practiced possessing, thinking, eating, socializing, talking, hmm. working, and resting. Hmm. And uh, I've, yeah. I recommend this book because I'm, I'm going to refer to it again here because he's, he's pretty convicting when I think, what do I want to grow into? Hmm. Says the ulti he, he writes that the ultimate goal of the Christian life isn't a bunch of cheap thrills of the sacred. Oof. Hmm. It's not trying to get cheap thrills of the sacred or even living a meaningful or fulfilled life. Hmm. The ultimate goal of the Christian life isn't necessarily meaning or fulfillment or the experience of the sacred. Nor, he says, do, is this, the goal of the Christian life being a good enough person and correcting our behavior enough that we don't feel guilty all the time before God. That we don't feel like we have stuff to confess all the time. Hmm. Hmm. The goal is not to have live to get enough light to quiet my own conscience right. and convince myself that I've done a good right. enough job. Nor is the goal of the Christian life to attain some high state of, of being so in tune with God that I walk through all of life feeling fulfilled and, mm. and like everything I do has meaning and that I'm constantly mm. in communion with the divine. Mm. Mm. That is the ultimate goal. And it will be our experience. And it one will day. be our experience. And we should progress towards that goal. Right. But just because we're not in perceptible ways, making leaps and bounds all the time, doesn't mean we're not actually growing in Christ likeness. 
The ultimate goal is to live a life that is the life Jesus would have lived if he had mine. Mm. Because the Spirit is helping me want what God wants for me. Right. Yeah, another way of thinking about it is life in the Spirit is progressively bringing every area of our lives under the guidance and under the direction of the Spirit. Or every area of our lives, uh, all of those areas he said, like owning or possessing, Mm -hmm. you know, working, resting, thinking, talking, Mm -hmm. eating, socializing, Mm -hmm. bringing every area of our lives into, in tune with the Spirit, into resonance with the Spirit. Boy, that's, there's so much there. Do I, do I want in my marriage, in my family, in my friendships, do I want to be the kind of person in those relationships mm-hmm. that reflects more of what Jesus would look like living right. that out? Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the difficulty here as we wrap this up is that we tend to look for mountaintop experiences, mm-hmm. spiritual highs. It's funny we use the word spiritual highs because maybe it implies that our spiritual practices are more like heroin or some other addictive Mm -hmm. drug than we want to admit. We look for spiritual highs that will transform us all in an instant, that will Mm -hmm. take our lives and push them in some direction towards ultimate meaning or fulfillment. Mm -hmm. What if, as we said in the beginning, what if life in the spirit is really about taking all of the mundane, the itty bitty, the habits and lifestyles and practices of how we own and eat and talk and socialize and work Mm. and rest (laughs) and taking all of those things, bringing them in line with, underneath, resonating with Mm. the spirit and the life that Jesus lived. That's life in the spirit. And as we go through this series, we're, we're going to spend more time talking very practically about how do we grow in right. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those fruit of the Spirit. Not how do we counterfeit the fruits, but how do we grow in the fruits? Right. And what do those actually look like? Right. How do they play out? Right. So hope that you'll stick with us and join us for the rest of this series. Uh, Next week, we'll be back sitting across the table talking about how we walk by or keep in step with or walk in line with the Holy Spirit. You want to pray for us? Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you uh, that because Jesus is alive, we are alive and not just left on our own uh, to try and walk with you and know you. Uh, Thank you for the fulfillment of your promise that you would send your Holy Spirit uh, to those who know and love and trust in you. Father, help us this week to, to grow in knowing what that looks like, to grow in pursuing you by the work of your Spirit. Thank you. Thank you that it's not all on our shoulders, and we even thank you that it's not just sitting back and waiting for some magical thing to happen. Help us to grow in responsible participation with your work and your goals and desires in our lives by your Spirit. Empower us, Father. Grow us in good ways as we walk with you in the Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.